And we do this each quarter as a way to communicate to our clients and anybody who's interested in becoming a client um, what we're seeing markets doing and what we're forecasting the moves that we could make. Our structure is very simple. We narrow things down to five categories because if you think about it, your net worth is controlled by five major asset classes. It's like the dollar is the one investment category that just totally gets forgotten. It's like it's like peas in a dinner, right? <laughs> the dollar is peas and carrots or something. You know, like gold is carrots and peas is the dollar. But it's really, really, really important to pay attention to because the US dollar, it controls all kinds of cash flow around the whole globe. Um, and so it's a really good tell, like an EKG, where, where you can just by understanding how those little wiggles work, you can get an understanding of how the different valves in the heart are pumping. Um, so the dollar really gives us good insight on the internals and what we had shared back in November and what is bottoming against is the price of other global currencies, like the dollar compared to the euro or the dollar, dollar compared to the Japanese yen. So let's get into the equity market and then we'll open this up for questions and answers. Um, the equity market is what everybody cares about, and that's why we leave it for the last. I always have to remind people that you got to think broader and bigger than just one thing, um, because sometimes that one thing doesn't work. And it's rare, but it happens. And this is a, what we call a 100-year channel, basically. So there's only been once before the Great Depression that we've tapped the high point of this channel. Behavior is typically, after you do that, you get some kind of contraction. For the last three, four, five, six, ten, a while, folks, um, we've been talking about these wave counts. And to refresh your memory, bull markets will grow in five waves, and then they will have three wave contractions to kind of correct and buy time before the next leg higher. In the midst of COVID, when everybody was extremely negative, right about this level, we said, hey, wait a second this might be the end of the fourth wave. We got to be aware, because remember, April, May, June of last year, year, what were we doing? We were hunkered down. We were hoarding our toilet paper. <laughs> we were telling nobody come over. Or if you do, knock twice. Otherwise, I'm going to shoot you through the door. Um, you know, so there's all kinds of crazy crap going around. Fifth waves are the ending wave because they run out of steam, like anything does going up a hill. So now we're experiencing in real life, like what could cause a market to really explode higher and then lose steam? Holy shit, a pandemic, right? So all of a sudden this fifth wave has just been climbing and folks, it ain't normal for a market to go from 2,500 to 4,500. Okay, that's almost a double, right? So if you got neighbors who are like, well, we're making so much money, remind them, hey, uh, the last time that the stock market doubled in a year was um, never. Okay. Yeah. With rising inflation, the recent spike in food and gas prices, and the conflict in Ukraine weighing heavy on markets. 
many investors are wondering what to expect next in the stock market, interest rates, and commodities. And we tend to see dollar strength in recessions as well as in global crisis. It's counterintuitive. It just happens. I won't go into the details of all the reasons why, but that's what happens until the printing press goes. I think what we end up doing is we, we kind of backfill here, keep kind of testing this area of support. Eventually, we work our way up to that red line and get above it. Um, since the beginning of the year, there's really been a trend change here. So the S&P 500, as of today, um, as of this morning, um, at the end of the day, it was down another one or two percent. So, so right around here at the end of March, into the first quarter, S&P 500 is down roughly five percent. Now, seven days ago, folks, this thing was down ten percent. So you can see there's some some serious volatility swinging around here. The Nasdaq is down about ten percent year to date. Um, you know, seven days ago, a week ago, if we did this event, the market was down 19 or the Nasdaq was down 19%. We have this five wave decline. So one, two, three, four, five. And we had said there, we got a five wave decline. I didn't draw this, but there's a trend line that goes right through here that, that we broke, okay? And then tested it and came back down. So that checks off that first thing, five wave decline, breaks trend line, retests, fails, right? But ultimately, this usually fails and, and you go much lower. This behavior fits everything. You know, you, you five-wave decline, break the, the trend line, three-wave rally. So the next two, three weeks is really key. Um, middle of April, end of April, we'll really have a big update because if this fails and goes down, man, are we, Patrick, Justin, I mean, if this happens, folks, you better tell everybody about it. You better call all your friends, call all your family and say, I found the best friggin' money managers ever because they're the only ones that told us about this. And you might say to yourself, well, man, it, that seems cheap. It's cut in half. Uh, you know, what a great time to, uh, to get in. Um, uh, don't be caught flat-footed with that. Um, and now if I bring us up to current time, um, what you will see is that interest rates have spiked out. I mean, they've, they've really gone up above that line. And so now we have to assume that going forward, we're probably now trading in a new range. So I'd be willing to bet that a, a good portion of the recent interest rate move that we've seen is a global marketplace. And it's a little bit of financial warfare um that we're experiencing but to, to your point of you know treasury bonds in themselves during a rising interest rate is not something we're going to want to be holding because exactly what you said between foreign investors and a federal government ourselves we own over three quarters of all the bonds treasury bills out there so the feds already said that they're going to taper back so we just lost our support in that aspect of it I mean, I would only add that, uh, you know, based on everything and where we are in the cycles and everything, that cash is probably one of, one of the more important places just to protect principal versus trying to find something that might be able to, uh, you know, get you some growth or get you some uh, yield. Come on.
commodities and metals. So, so here's the thing. I want to discuss why and why not. Why, why commodities could be the growth component for a portfolio for the next, who knows, time frame. Um, you know, are we in the 1970s? I, I'm feeling this way. Natural gas, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean, natural gas, oil, all these things, craziness, right? Um, this is another one of those triangle patterns. It's a little inverted, but nonetheless, if, if and when this thing gets above 20, this pattern looks pretty impressive. Um, and so we've been able to benefit from it. Um, I, I, I do think natural gas is, is one that's on a, on a trend multi-year. This is something I want to add. Um, this is something that I watched um, in, in the last big commodity boom. So this was like 07, 08 when we had this big boom. And this asset is gets exposure to all the soft commodities out there. So it owns all the companies that are going to deal with any of the food stuff. But you've got this five-wave bounce off this bottom. So this is something that I'm watching very carefully. Uh, you, rec you recently bought a diamond. So you might be, you might be talking your book. <laughs> Justin comes on and goes, man, I'm really bullish on diamonds. I think everybody buy diamonds. You got, if you need one, I got one. <laughs>Since the end of March, equity and bond markets have continued to slide into negative territory with the NASDAQ, the small cap indexes, and the S&P 500 all falling into officially bear market territory, which, if you didn't know, is down more than 20%. While the commodity complex, represented by oil, gas, and food commodities, has ripped higher by double digits creating historically high inflation, putting global economies at risk of recession. Woo. I'd like to ask the Quiver clients, are you happy with what we've been doing for you this past year? Are you happy with your account? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So how much further is the stock market going to fall and when will the decline end? Right now, it looks like we're working off this big, working off of a, a high that lasted for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And now we're into this first mega wave of a bear market. So I'm expecting it to go five waves down. Um, we've done three. I think we get a little bit of a rally in the near term, maybe through the 4th of July. Um, and then I think after that, we may get a new low. So that's that's what we're anticipating here. If you're short the market, the easy money's probably been made. Yeah. Now it becomes a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and, and if you're somebody who's been sitting on the sidelines waiting to buy the dip, but I would highly suggest there's, there's a very big risk that this is a huge bear market, much bigger bear market than people are talking about. So if you are a buy the dipper, I would highly suggest that you do it in very, very small increments, what we call position sizing. Um, leave yourself a lot of extra cash. Bear markets, you do not want to take on too much risk too soon um, because a lot of things are still at very high valuations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked a lot about that. Yeah, yeah I don't think we've reached max pain yet. Well, when interest rates go from one and a half to three, 
a lot of those low-risk investments become high-risk, and they're seeing even double-digit returns. I've seen things like U.S. Franklin Income Fund down 12%, 14% at points in the year. Right. I mean, this is stuff like like 90-year-old ladies own, mm-hmm. right? I mean, talk about get your knickers in an uproar. <laughs> so, interest rates tend to trade in a range for long periods of time. Um, that they, they tend to really trade in a range as we're figuring out where their true economy lies. So if you look at this chart here that goes back to 2013 of the 10-year Treasury, you can see that even though there's been a lot of hype around interest rates rising, we're really just at the same spot we were back in 2013, not much higher. So we've been trading sideways, and, and for from 2013 to 2019, for six years, we basically traded between one and a half and three, just like we did recently. The difference is this happened fast, yeah. right? It happened really fast. If we higher? were to keep going, how much further? Well, so so right, it's a great question I, because because I, I gave the downside, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, by by looking at the chart, four percent like seems like that number, That's- like. Like if the market want, I think if the market wanted to. So now, and then on the other side, you have like the biggest disappointment. I mean, the the biggest disappointment since all of us were in high school is gold, right? <laughs> you know, great. the big, I mean, gold has done nothing, but hey, it hasn't lost you money. It's been flat. It's ripped up almost 50%. Natural gas I mean, hey, if, if you want, we've been saying it a long time. If you want to play the electric car game, natural gas, right? And, and, and I haven't even put coal up there. I mean, talk about something nobody wanted to see happen. But nonetheless, food commodities up a third, up 30%. So, I mean, this is inflation at its best, folks. And, and, and nobody's used to investing in these times. I think we're all seeing it too in our pocketbook. I mean, everywhere you go, you go out to eat, everything's twenty bucks or north of twenty bucks. You it's can't amazing. get anything less than spending oh. twenty bucks for a cheeseburger. Yeah. Yeah. So what uh, what what can we expect as the year progresses? I, I don't think the inflation story goes away. Obviously, uh, cool. you know, one thing we have to remember is that you know. Inflation usually is the cause of recession. You know, the mar- the goal of the market is to create maximum frustration to the maximum number of people. My best mentor told me along. I I was probably five days in the job, and he said, "Colby, you want to know how to make money? Find whatever company is screwing you and invest in them." So we we position it so that we're nimble enough that if the charts tell us something different. You know, after we've been in there, we can adapt and, yeah. and change. Yeah, and pivot. That's, yeah, that's why we use five asset classes. everyone to quiver financials taming the 2022 bear market this is our third episode because it's the end of the third quarter and we do this each quarter as a way to communicate to our clients and anybody who's interested in becoming a client um, what we're seeing markets doing and what we're forecasting the moves that we could make our structure is very simple. We narrow things down to five categories because if you think about it, your net worth is controlled by five major asset classes. Uh, 
of counterintuitive considering the dollar just keeps going higher. Oh, it's so <laughs> wait, just wait. Wait till, the, wait, wait till you see the charts in a few slides. The dollar is amazing right now. This is a chart going back to 2019 that we shared in June um, to show that really since, since the pandemic bottom, the dollars had a lot of strength. I was thinking we had this little five wave rally that was coming into resistance. Um, last time in June, I thought the dollar was going to take a, a decent pullback, you know, and we were wrong. And if you ever want to be wrong, the signs there. Yeah. If you ever want to be wrong, this is how you, this is the best way to be wrong because where you're wrong is you're expecting an One asset thing. to decline. Yep. And if you go to the next slide, thank God we were wrong because it rather than declining off of that line of resistance, it just powered through it. I mean, it just boom, you know, just right through the line. And so that changes my perspective. What the heck is going on in the stock market? That's what everybody wants to know. And we're going to get into that. But holy cow, what a widow maker this market has become. I mean, there are a lot of widows and a, a lot of children that are going to get their inheritance a lot earlier with this stock market volatility going on. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're a baby boomer and your attitude right now is, uh, you know, in 2008, I lost half my 401k portfolio value, but a big deal. It came back, right? Okay, fine. Now, you know, do you have... 10 more years for to wait around you know in bear markets that you tend to end the week on the lows we had no, mentioned said yeah you know we're, we're probably coming into the zone of, we should expect a bounce at least a bear market rally and if you go to the next slide you'll see what's happened since then um so where that three is is basically the end of june that red line is the red line we had on the last slide um and one of two things is, is going to happen is is Markets love to create maximum frustration. So right now, attitudes are, after Friday, we're crashing. We're going lower. You know, um, Justin, you had pointed out the options yeah, markets. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, yeah. Um, so, you know, people would expect a crash. And if the market wants to create maximum frustration, maybe it you know, could reverse course here and make another run higher. That's a big if. Yeah, I was going to say that the options market is definitely uh, ripe for a short squeeze. I don't think sentiment has really hit to to cause that knife to go straight through down to 34, you know, 3,300 down pre-COVID or pandemic levels. Um, so I just, I, I, I'm leaning more towards the bounce. I think the end result is the market's going lower. It's just, does it, yeah. yeah, does it go lower now or does it go lower later? Right. This is when people learn that why do I need 15 mutual funds right. Right. that I'll own the same stocks? That this is, this is why five asset classes matters because you focus on reducing correlation. Right. Everybody else in the business is, oh, diversify, diversify, diversify. Well, what the hell good is that if all of them are going down? Right. Like if, if the tide's going lower, I don't want to be in a boat. I want to be in a plane. Well, and here's the thing is, you know, you got oil up 17%. Now in June, in our last video, I think it was up like over, like close to 70. So it's come down quite a yeah, bit from a bit. that peak. Uh, natural gas was over, it was like, a, you know, a double and a half at some point. So yep. it, it's had a big correction. And food commodities were up about 30% back then. Yep. So, you know, when you hear about the inflation, 
story you can see in the last since june there's been a tail off in the, at least in the commodity prices so i think you're a- overlooking the gold i think the fact that gold is down 10 percent in an inflationary environment like we've been having is yeah. is unheard of like historically we- that just doesn't happen. We, we said it in our last thing. Gold has been the biggest disappointment since all of us to our parents in high school. So it, you know, gold will move when when they did when every when the Fed stops tightening. Warren Buffett said it best: Rule number one: never lose money. So I mean, even if you're in the younger years and you have the time to come back, it your portfolio benefits so much more if you just don't lose the money during a down. Down period. People don't realize how important the dollar is to the rest of their portfolio. Everybody looks at stocks and bonds. They, that's like the tail, right? right? The stocks and bonds are the tail. If you want to know what the dog is wagging the tail, it's currencies, it's interest, interest right? Rates, so, yeah. so most people are looking at the wrong thing when they start to build their portfolio, and that's why when you get into a bear market, everybody loses money. First thing is always, are you in a determine are you in a bull market or bear market and then from there once you have that decision and we decide bear market then you just have to assume that all surprises will be to the downside whatever made you money the last 10 years whatever made you rich the last 10 years is probably not going to be the same vehicles that accumulate your wealth in the future uh, and and you should never build your investment portfolio or your investment thesis around systemic. It'd be like, right. like the, you should Black never zones. build your investment thesis around things that happen once every thirty years. Yeah. Right. You build your investment thesis around what happens every you know three out of five days. Right.